0: Welcome to the Mindful Paths Podcast with Nick Day and Harry Kalimnios. I'm Harry,
1: an experienced executive wellness and longevity coach, keynote speaker and author of two best-selling books titled The Thought Gym and Working Well.
0: And I'm Nick, an executive coach, founder of a multi-million pound award-winning business, an age group international athlete and a husband and parent to two beautiful children.
1: Despite our different lifestyles and different approaches, we share similar values and we hope that by listening in on our conversations, we'll unearth some insights. That may just help you to achieve your goals.
0: Perhaps you want to become a better parent, boss, colleague, friend, or perhaps you simply want to live a longer, happier and healthier life. Well, we're here to help you to silence that inner voice of doubt that lives within us all.
1: As I always say, Nick, if we train the mind, the rest will follow.
0: Absolutely right, Harry. So let's get started. I'm sorry I'm slightly late to today's uh, recording. For those that are obviously listening to this, you won't be aware, I'm 15 minutes late to our agreed time. I have to be honest, a lot of things going on in my mind. I very nearly pulled out doing today's recording. So thank you, firstly, for still being there 15 minutes later. I did have
1: quite a few excuses not to do this tonight. I had a really long day. And my dad was rushing into hospital last night and it was all a bit of a stress and a panic and he's still there now and I've just come from there. And, you know, it, it was a bit of a shock to the family a little bit. And um he's on oxygen now because his oxygen was really low. They think he's got some sort of virus. But anyway, so we've been quite stressed and worried. And then obviously my mum by herself doing things. And so I was thinking, you know what? What I really wanted to do tonight, uh, if I'm honest, is chop up all my vegetables for tomorrow because I need to leave by 6.30 tomorrow morning. So I chopped up all my veg so I can make a smoothie for myself and my dad. And my mum and some juices for like, cause they obviously have hospital food. So all I wanted to do is get that ready, get my bag ready, have a bath and get to bed. And I thought, you know what? I said I was going to do this. And because I said I would, I would, I am going to do it because you're only as good as your word. And yeah, there's always going to be some reason why not to do something. And sometimes it's valid, right? And it is valid today as well. But I just thought, you know what? I committed to this and, and, I keep saying this to the students that I teach, right? And you might have heard this, Nick, but there's a phrase in Zen Buddhism called how you do anything is how you do everything or how you do one thing is how you do everything. So really what that means is how you show up in one area of your life is reflective of how you show up in other areas. So if you're not being honest or you're not being committed here, where else are you not being honest or where else are you not being committed? Because it's typically reflective. And I just thought, you know what? I actually do pride myself and a lot of my friends will... Will say that I'm quite dependable, and I, you know, and you know, if I'm going to say I'm going to turn up at some place, people expect me to turn up.
0: I'm very thankful you have turned up. I mean, if going by that Zen Buddhist thing, a couple of things I'm going to bring to life for the listeners here who may not know me as well as uh, well yet, but hopefully I'll get to know both of us during the the episodes that we release. First is I am late to a lot of things. I have the best of intentions, and I overcommit to so many things. But what happens is my day gets behind and I'm constantly chasing. So first thing is thank you for still being online 15 minutes later. Fortunately, you know me well enough to say that I would have contacted you if I wasn't going to turn up. So therefore, yeah. you know me well enough to go, something must have happened. It will show. Yeah. And lo and behold, the, the previous podcast overran. And I didn't want to let this one down. I didn't want to let you down. I've been frantically trying to get to this show. And I'm really pleased that I have. But interestingly as well, as you say, you, you've had loads of reasons you could have cancelled on me today. And all of them would have been valid. If you dropped me a message with Nick, you know what? I need to be, my head's not in the game, got my dad to think about. And I'm really pleased you have stayed on, Harry, because, you know, funny how things coincidences work, and then the big world world works in, in mysterious ways. Sadly, my dad also was rushed into hospital earlier this week. My dad has stage four cancer, but what we didn't expect was them to find tumours on three of his vertebrae and end up going by ambulance to Southampton Hospital where he's had radiotherapy. Uh, there was concerns it may have put some pressure on his spinal cord and, and things like that. And, been a bit of a, a traumatic time for our family as well. So we're both here on a show. We're both dealing with personal issues in our family lives with loved ones. And maybe this is the most pertinent time to be recording a show like this because we're talking about the mind in this show. We're talking about power of, of thoughts, the the ability to be productive against, you know, with other circumstances. And we all know, no matter who, who's listening to this, wherever you may be in the world, at some point in our lives, people will suffer some kind of level of trauma and it's how we we get through that trauma how we get through the the doubts the thoughts the anxieties the pressures the the think the thoughts that that pop into our head at any moment and we know you know bosses will be looking at us going we should be working now we should be doing this but sometimes our minds are led astray by by external factors and we we are human beings right we're not we're not robots so we do have emotions and we have to contain those and we want to be there for our families and we want to be committed individuals and been you know, it's been an interesting week but
1: it's really tough because I mean I, even this morning I was I was speaking to one of my colleagues so I was w- working in the school today and doing a bunch of training and there was six of us trainers there and I spoke to one of the trainers who was outside and she's losing her voice right which is a bit of a problem for for what we do and so she was thinking about cancelling, but she didn't want to cancel because it means that her group would then have to be distributed amongst all of our groups. And I said to her, like, I was thinking of cancelling at one point because I just wanted to go to the hospital and, and see my dad. But, um, you know, I didn't want to obviously put that burden on on the other trainers as well. I mean, I had to do that last last year when I got COVID at like 6.30 in the morning. I had to like be frantically messaging and they end up having massive groups and it was a nightmare day. But um I didn't want to do that to the others. And I, you know, I wanted to kind of like you know, commit to the work that I'd done. But I also thought to myself, you know, what if, you know, God forbid something takes a turn for the worse and I'm there at like eight in the morning, how do I show up to, to, to deliver? And it's really hard because we talk about the mindset and we talk about, you know, but we are humans, right? And so even though I know all the good stuff about how to de-stress, how to do this, when something big hits you, it, it can be hard to remember those things and it can be hard to actually implement those things you know, sometimes, I mean, I do have quite a lot of experience about going in and delivering in front of people because it's a different kind of role where you're going in front of people, whether it's coaching or whether uh often I'll go into, I teach yoga as a part-time thing, right? And a lot of the time I go in and there's something going on in the world outside, in my world outside, which doesn't necessarily put me in the my frame of mind. But I always think to myself, look, these people, I mean, really on on the face of it, they don't really care about that. They've come here for the yoga and they want Stop. someone to kind of deliver. And so whatever it is that's going on, I have to park that. And actually, that's what I tell my students, right? Whatever's going on, just leave it at the door and you can pick it up on the way out if you want. But just for the next hour, just park it at the door and have this time to kind of do that self-care because it's so important for like, you know, being able to cope with the things that are going on outside as well.
0: I think you raise an interesting point. I mean, I've just done a, an hour long podcast on intrinsic motivation, which is kind of ironic when you're lacking a little bit of motivation yes. because of stuff that's going on outside. But we get through. We've got a, I've made a commitment and I've got a, a service to, to provide to the listeners of that show. And, and, and it's, it's great content that will help a lot of people. And there'll be no doubt people listening to this who are going through similar family struggles uh with, with the you know loved ones that are unwell or, or maybe there's a level of anxiety for different reasons um and they still have to show up in in, in the same way what i thought was interesting you just mentioned then harry and i know you really well but you, you mentioned it twice probably without even knowing because it's so ingrained in the life that you live right but earlier you mentioned you were cutting vegetables in in <coughs> preparation for yeah. tomorrow you know that and then you said you know it's it's about healthy mind if you're healthy, you, you've got all these things going on, but actually it's really important then to self care. I think is the word you use, to have self care and have a little bit of that. I, I'm not a big juicer necessarily like you are. I mean, we live our lives differently, but what I did do yesterday just to help process what's going on in my mind and all the different thoughts and things is I went on for two hours, 15 minute cycle ride, just me and my thoughts, just work hard, sweat it out. No one, no distractions. Just kind of, um, it's amazing how well the body can respond. And the mind can respond if we give it a little bit of self-care when actually it's quite challenging to do so. I feel so much better today having, having done that ride yesterday just to clear everything that was going on.
1: It's easy to forget those things. And that's the problem is that you're like, you're, you're trying to fight these battles on half your fuel or less than half your fuel. And, and what you need is, you know, to optimize, you know, your, your nutrition, optimize your exercise and do that so that you're more resilient to be able to cope with those things. And, it is tricky because even tonight I've come back and I'm like, you know what, I, I haven't really, I mean, I've moved the body quite a lot today, to be fair. I don't know what my step count is. At, it's currently almost 20,000 steps today. So I, I've moved quite a bit, but I feel like I need something more structured, like some stretching or something before I go to bed. Because I'm like, this is life, right? Because I've got the same day tomorrow. Wednesday is actually a little bit worse <laughs> in a way because i've got a whole day and then i'm coming back and doing a whole workshop in the evening as well um thursday and friday i'm taking more of a rest day so it's okay but the reality is that sometimes and i was looking on the, one of my magazines that i described to and it was talking about i think it was talking about like active aging um and it was talking about how a lot of times and people i meet as well they'll say you know i'll i'll get fit and i'll get healthy when right you know when yeah, the kids yeah. are or when I'm retired or when and or when things are less busy but the thing is things are never less busy I'm, I'm here today and I'm like I'm rushing to my dad and at the same time I've been down in Brighton the weekend looking for houses and there was a house I liked and I was like right now I've got to go and make an offer on this house to these people and try and do that on the way to that thing and and then I've come back and do all the stuff and things are always going to be busy that's the thing it's never going to let up and so we have to work out ways both mentally and physically, and in our habits and routines, that are going to help us cope with it when they're busy.
0: I mean, we're moving into that. Uh, Funny enough, moving into the world of motivation, right? So you're talking about the, the when question. It's so prevalent, um, but if your motivation is strong enough, you'll make that step now. So, you, what's the quickest, the, the easiest way to run an ultra marathon? And for people who have never even got off their sofa, they'll think, "Well, I could never do that." But the quickest way to run uh, is to take the first step and that's it take the first step then take the second step then take the third step you've got to start, start taking steps whatever it is you want to achieve and sometimes when you find that your your loved ones your family are unwell it, you know that there's a well known saying you can put things into perspective and it's something what are the things that you haven't done there's, there's a story that resonates with me that's really interesting it's imagine yourself on your own deathbed so we are listening to this now um, I know we were talking about our, our, both our parents who have been unwell but actually if you, imagine it was yourself and you're on your deathbed and you're lying there and you got visited by all the ghosts, the ghosts that come to visit you, all the, the things you never did. Mm. And that you only get visited by the ghosts of things you want to do, but never did. So the book you never wrote comes to see you, the, the, the friend you never got back in touch with, the, the person you never said sorry to, whatever it is. And we've got to think about, okay, if you were to, to, to sadly find yourself on your deathbed, what ghost would come and visit you? And do you mind seeing them at that point? If they're an okay, if they're a ghost you're happy to reflect with and you don't have that feel of that nagging part of, I should have done something about it, that ghost will come and go. But if it's one of those ghosts is something like, I really want to write a book and I never did it. I really wanted to enter that. And that really holds some truth for you. Then that's yeah. something that you need to act upon. You got to find that motivation to go and go and, quell that ghost so when you do end up on that deathbed that ghost doesn't come and visit so what are the ghosts that would come and visit you my answer is not gonna it's gonna be something that's a little bit
1: different because what you were talking about there what jumped out at me all of a sudden is so this is actually getting quite personal actually so but and maybe a little bit embarrassing as well but anyway when i i've got a, i've got a journal right this isn't the embarrassing part but i've been writing a journal on and off since i was 10 years old right and sometimes i've been writing it for like five six years there were lots of entries when I was a teenager, um, because you know I, I feel like it was—it's a, a troubling time for a lot of teenagers, which is why I relate a lot to teenagers. But I remember a while back, must have been about ten years ago, I was reading, and in there, I, I made a promise to myself to to apologise to someone that um, i kind of—it's a bit embarrassing. Like I think when I was a kid, when I was like a teenager or early teens i I liked a girl right i fancied a girl and i was quite shy um even though i didn't appear that way to most people at school i felt like you know i was the sports person confident whatever but i was quite shy so i never really approached her right which really uh, always annoyed me but i did write her a letter uh, saying i liked it and then so i really wanted to apologize for that because i felt like you know maybe the letter wasn't so good or maybe she felt uncomfortable with it or whatever and uh, we are connected on Facebook. So I actually did write to her. Like, this is, bear in mind, this is at least 20 years after this thing happened. But it was one of the things that I'd promised myself in my journal that at some point I'm going to tell her that it was me. And that so I wrote to her and I said, you know, you, you may have received this letter, you know, because I posted it by hand for her door because I knew where she lived and stuff. And, uh, and And then she just wrote back and said, like, you know what? I actually don't remember if I ever received a letter, but I'm sure if I did, I'm sure it was nothing but nice and I feel flattered or whatever. And, you know, and there was this thing that I wanted to kind of, you know, one of my, my ghosts that I wanted to kind of make sure I'd done. Um, so that's what jumped into my head when you were talking actually. And actually I felt, you know, yeah, good for doing that. Um, but I think it's an interesting exercise because you don't really reflect on that stuff. I, I do something similar with coaching clients where we do the kind of like, um, We call it the Dickens pattern. Basically, it's the whole, you know, Charles Dickens, Scrooge, Three Ghosts type thing. You get motivated really through two things, inspiration or desperation. Desperation tends to be the stronger motivator than inspiration usually. But you take people from where they are down a journey, like, and they visualize themselves in like a year's time doing the habits that they've done, then five years time doing the habits they've done, and 10 and 50. And and usually you start with the, the, the habits that are not getting them where they want to get to, which are the ones they want to change. And they are, like, totally, like, they feel it, right? Their their body's heavier. Like, you really get into it. That's why it takes, like, a few hours to do this process. And then you take them all the way back. And then you take them forward, but doing the good habits, right? And normally I throw in a bit of extra stuff at the end. So I get them to, like, you know, see themselves in a mirror, like, as they and then have that person have a conversation with them and tell them what they needed to do and how they needed to feel in order to get that. So it's actually a really powerful process. And that actually can be the motivating driver. And interestingly, that's what actually motivates me a lot of the time is that I don't see myself. And this comes back to where you were talking about being like not on time and stuff. And I wanted to comment on that in a second. But I see myself, what, what does my future self want to want to see in me, right? What would like me now looking back 20 years, what would I wish I'd done then? And I kind of project that forward. So I say, would the person that I want to be in five years time be Annoyed with me that I'm now like sitting on the couch watching Netflix and doing the gym.
0: I think that's a slightly different point. Maybe I mean I understand why why it relates to the point I made about the ghost, but I would put that in a in a box of of. Pur- purposeful, you know, a lot of people want to find purpose, right? There's an exercise, coaching exercise called the five whys. You say, you know, what's your why? Everyone knows about the why. you have got to have your why. Well, that's fine. You give you, you give me your why. And then I'll say, well, why that? Why that? And you go down, you go five levels deep. And maybe in another episode, we'll do that with each other. Maybe not today. It's quite a long exercise yeah. to do, but it can be quite powerful. But I would say that it links to purpose and authenticity. So a good exercise. And if, if you're listening to this, it is an interesting one, and it can be quite challenging sometimes. But again, to put yourself in your deathbed, you've just discovered, uh, Harry, for example, you've just discovered you've got a, an illness that's going to be life-shortening, right? I don't know what that shortening period is, but the question is, what are the things you would immediately stop doing? Now, anything you are currently doing that you would stop when you discovered you had that kind of illness are typically the things that are inauthentic. to what we do that we're not living an authentic life we're doing them for someone else it could be for the approval of our parents it could be for the approval of a boss it could be for acceptance it could be for a multitude of different things but anything you immediately go you know what if i knew i was going to die tomorrow i would immediately stop doing this well that that probably suggests you should stop doing it anyway it doesn't speak to your values doesn't speak to your purpose doesn't speak to someone within you um, and that's a useful thing. When we do this, I do this in, in, in the coaching clients that I work with, you know, when there's a whole load of questions you can ask. Well, one of them is one of the things you'd immediately stop doing? And I think it's really interesting because if there's anything on that list that immediately starts out. And well, for some people, it can be really powerful. It's an immediate answer. They don't even have to think about it. Yeah. And it's like, well, stop, stop doing it. You know, to be authentic, you don't uh, need to do that. Have you
1: watched um, the movie, uh, Joe versus the volcano?
0: I haven't. It doesn't sound like my kind of movie. Is it a good movie? No, you know it's what? what?
1: It's an old movie. I think like, early 80s. I only watched it about maybe five years ago. And The reason I watched it is because, uh, you, are you familiar with Les Brown, the motivational nope. speaker? He is brilliant, right? And uh, brilliant at storytelling. So anyway, he recounts the story of what Joe versus the Volcano as a movie is all about. And it stars Tom Hanks, right? And Tom Hanks is um, a, a bit like many people we may know, right? He goes to a job, he doesn't really like it, he just kind of punches in does his work, punches out, whatever, goes home, comes back to work the next day, right? Very like day-to-day thing. Um and he's not really living his life. And he's not really enjoying himself, and he's you know, and he's got all these things that are holding him back. And you know, there's a there's a girl there that he works with that he really wants to ask out, and every day he wants to ask her out and he never does, and, and then like, And he starts concocting that he's a bit ill and stuff, so he goes to the doctor, and the doctor says you know, Joe. Look, you've um, you've got a brain cloud, right? You've got a brain cloud, and you've only got six months left to live. And then that spurs him on. And by the way, Les Brown tells this story way better than me. But um, <laughs> that spurs him on to like do all these things that he wanted to do because this guy, like, I've got this brain cloud, got this brain cloud and stuff. Now, if we haven't figured it out, the brain cloud is just a made-up thing that the doctor has sure. just said. Right. And so he thinks he's going to die. So he, he, you know, he asks out that, that girl, he, he, he withdraws his money, goes traveling or something. I think, I can't remember. I think the girl might say no to him or something, but then he starts to live an authentic life. Essentially. Still, lives authentic. And actually he finds this other girl who actually is the same actress, but it's like the same version of her, but just somewhere. And anyway, he, he travels to this remote Island and um in order for the Island to not kill all the inhabitants, for some reason, there's this weird volcano and you have to sacrifice yourself or something like that to to uh to kind of stop the inhabitants from dying and i won't spoil the story i mean it's a funny little movie it's not the like you know going to win any oscars but
0: what reason i've never heard of it yeah and i know really, <laughs> i get i get, I get the premise.
1: So but uh, but les brown's story on it is so funny but it's, it goes back to this idea it's like what would you do like if you knew you only had 6 months left to live right who would you speak to, right? Who would you apologise to? Who would you who would you reconnect
0: with? Where would you travel to? What would you do? Well, what, what is stick in my mind with, with the letter thing is we lose so much of our lives to social. We're just going on a slightly different tangent. I am going to bring it back, but just because if people are listening to this, they may find this useful. And I imagine what time is it now? We're, we're recording this at ten past eight in the evening. This is the time when people start losing their lives away from their families by delving into social media and just mm-hmm. losing themselves on Facebook, Twitter, and the else. So I would give everyone, as this now a little bit of a challenge. Swap your social media for one day. You won't miss anything. I promise you the FOMO will, you'll, you will survive this moment, even if the ghost will not come to visit you from Facebook. If you, you know, something happens to you tonight, and you don't respond and swap that time for a text or a call or ideally a phone call with someone who's in your phone book who, you, who means a lot to you that you haven't spoken to for longer than you know you should have done. And mm-hmm. just for one day, swap that half an hour of social media browsing and pick up the phone or text that really important person in your life. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, and just reach out to them because we never do it and we lose ourselves. And then, by, before we know it, months have passed or years have passed, and we haven't reconnected. And connection is 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 so important in in oh, life. Everyone. Anyway. It.
1: Everyone. And it, it comes
0: really powerful when you suddenly find someone's ill, like our parents. Now to so link this back to where I was going on the dying side, which is I don't even know how we've got here, but I guess both our parents have been incredibly unwell in the hospital. Typically there are five regrets. And you might know this anyway when it comes to dying. One is I, the most the biggest one is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And it's something that's links to authenticity as well. Second is I wish I had the courage to live a life that was true to myself. And that links to the, the authenticity piece even more, not the life that yeah. others expected of me. And often that's related to parental approval, actually. It's really yeah. interesting. You say, what would you do? Anyone listening to this now, ask yourself the question, what would I do if I didn't need parental approval to do it? For some that'll really strike a chord. Actually, way. just
1: before you go to the next street, with the parental approval, just to throw it in there, a lot of the time that parental approval is actually, it's nothing that's stated. We've, we've imagined that our parents want us to become this or want a hundred percent. And it's 100%. just made up a lot of the time in our own head. Cause that's just happening. Yeah. Once,
0: it's a good right? point. Cause actually parents would be devastated if they thought you were making those the choices. Parent, every parent
1: really ultimately good. wants their child to be happy, right? Sure. Happy and safe and successful or whatever. Not, uh, you know, doctor, or whatever. Although some, 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 some cultures are like, you know, there's, there's only like three, three professions or four professions we can do. It's like doctor, lawyer, accountant, or doctor, or, oh yeah, doctor, lawyer, accountant, or disappointment. Right. That's the, that's <laughs> the, that's, the, that, the, that's, that's, that's exceptions the
0: to every rule. That's right? the so,
1: but yeah, carry on. So you've got the, the that's and right.
0: um, uh, The third one is, uh, which links to some things we both said and fair play for you for putting a letter through the door, which I wish I had the courage to express my feelings hmm. and Sometimes yeah. it's too late. I wish I'd just told her that was done that. Um, another one, which is linked to the messaging. I thought, which again, you put this thought in my head with the, with the letter again, but actually tonight, if anyone could just take the opportunity to swap social media for getting in touch with someone is I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends yeah we, we lose touch with our friends um and the last one and this is a permission-based one which will links to a lot of the work you've done and, and you've authored as well talking about the thought journal your book which is a fantastic yeah. book for those that haven't caught it you can get it in the show notes but it's a i wish i'd let myself be happier hmm. yeah, yeah we don't yeah. give ourselves permission sometimes to be happy uh, yeah. both of us at the minute got parents who are very very sick that doesn't mean we're not able to be happy at the same yeah. time you can be well, Empathetic. You can be emotional. You can be, you know, you can almost be sad and happy about two different things. Our mind is complex. Yeah. We don't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be binary.
1: And we, um, were, we were being very positive as well today. And actually I've left my dad, I've, I've, I've hooked up Netflix and some other things on his phone because he's just got his phone. Fortunately, he hasn't got his headphones with him, but um and putting it on comedy because like comedy is really important. And it, a lot of what you've just been speaking about, I actually read about in this last book from, um, I mentioned Norman Cousins, I can't remember, he's famous for something, I can't remember, but he he kind of famously cured himself from, like, some disease, in part, a lot, from just, he spent eight hours a day watching comedies and stuff, because when you when you laugh, you know, you, you're creating all these different hormones in your body that's going to help with your healing process as well, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. stress is totally the opposite, so I was, like, saying to my dad, look, watch some condo, I said to my mum when she dropped me off, I was like, go home and watch something funny, you know, because, you know, you've been running about and stuff, and and I do the same. Um, if you, if you've got kids, it's usually, well, if you're not tearing your hair, hair out with them, it can be quite easy to laugh and, and have joy with them quite a lot of time. I don't have children, so I kind of default to watching comedy, uh, a lot of the time to, to, you know, laugh and, and, and have fun. But, um, yeah, the regrets of the, the, the diet. I think I wrote a blog post about it a few years ago and I, I really feel like. With the first one about not spending so much time at work, I feel like that won't be one of my regrets because I don't feel like... I think you work really hard. You work really hard. My parents will say I work really hard, but I don't know that I do, really. I'm not sure. I think I do. Maybe there's a difference between, like, when you enjoy what you do, maybe it doesn't feel like work, but I I don't feel like I'm doing it at the expense of relationships a lot of the time Um, because I think I got early on, I was never really super invested in my career um, because I just felt does it really matter you know for those who may have listened to
0: the first episode you know in case you're just joining this episode for the first time let's be fair you've taken that that risk that challenge that most of the population i think would love to take and haven't had the 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 courage to do so which was you're walking down a, a wet rainy street and you went i don't want to do this anymore i'm i am living an authentic life essentially this isn't what i'm passionate about you're working in the city you know and and um you quit the city life in London to to follow your dream of, of healthy living, healthy mind, coaching, helping yeah, others.
1: That's what's, more, that's what's more important, right? You know, and um, one of the things I did with, um, so actually I'm going to come back to that in a second, but the other thing you talked about was connection and, um, you know, they wish not lost touch with friends. And that's a big part of what I talk about. And we won't go into the beat model now, but within the connection the within the activity part of my beat model is connection, right? And, it's actually the biggest indicator of longevity, right? From the the Gantt study, which is like this 80-year study out of Harvard University. They followed people for 80 years, different generations now as well. And the biggest indicator of healthy being, being healthy at 80 when they looked at them at 50 was not like blood pressure, whether they've got diabetes, heart disease, anything like that. It's the strength of those relationships that they had at 50 determined how well they were going to be at 80 and i 've always stuck with that because i've one of the things i haven 't quit on i 've quit on loads of things martial arts music sports but i haven 't quit on my friends and i 've still got friends now that I had from six years old from primary school um and we 're still quite close and i've got other friends as well that i'm I'm close with and one of the things that has upset me a little bit in the last several years as people go off and you know, have families and, you know, do move to different parts is that we're not as strongly connected as we once were. And then now with social media and COVID, it's made it worse. And, and I look at some of my friends and their families, um, their parents, they all came over. There's a group that came over from India in the sixties and they're still friends. They, 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 they're going on holiday together and they've got more social life than us in our forties and, and when we were in our thirties. And I've always envied that and I've been like adopted by them to some degree and went to like their weddings in India and all sorts of things and their renewal of their vows and all all that sort of stuff and I was like I miss that because those friends that I've got we've drifted apart a little bit because I put a lot into relationships but then sometimes when you don't get stuff back you kind of just uh, then it germ-
0: in- generally I don't I mean you and I we, we meet face-to-face once a year we met we never met each other before we met on a cycle trip for those isn't the first episode i won't go through it again check out episode one so to find out how, how that will happen how we came together but we don't see a huge amount of each other face to face but we, we're able to pick up where we left off every time that we do which is lovely really interested though uh, only because i've known you for 10 10 plus years i don't think i've ever heard you use the word the envious of someone else because i would say that kind of Contradicts positive mindset thinking here. We don't want to have envy. We don't want to look across the fence and go, I wish I had that, I could have that, I want that. We've got to create it for ourselves. It's not something, and I understand envy can hit all of us. It's not something that I typically think I feel yeah. too often in my world. Yeah, I really think it's you, in my own control. How do but... you understand
1: envy to mean it in a word like It's like there's there's envy in terms of like an admiration envy, I think, is what I mean, right? Where I'm like, you know, seeking that kind of relationship as opposed to being envious and wishing bad on that person that's got that thing. Yeah,
0: you know, I It like, was just an interesting use of, 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 yeah. How, you know, I, the the like, is, I like looking at language and this. I think, to think we language.
1: looked, I looked at other people and although. I always say, you know, it's not good to compare. But we actually, the reality is that right, you run a business as well. You've got to focus on your stuff, but you also want to know what competitors are doing or what the market's doing. And so you're always going to be comparing to some degree your situation with other people. And this is where social media is so bad.
0: Because- Harrison is the stealer of all joy. I do it not is. look at my... This is, I generally this don't, is know what what I, I don't know what they're I doing. I am say- following
1: a bunch of people that I maybe know from... Play- oh, I actually don't go on social media much these days, but... Yeah, you know, when I was realizing, oh, when I find out about this person's life, I feel worse, right? In a way, because I'm like you. Know, suddenly, you were like, oh, you know, I want this, or you know, are oh, they doing so much better? And and you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, you have got to live your life. And now it's good to kind of have comparisons or look at other people because it can motivate, right? That's the thing; it can motivate you as well. Can you say, motivate, right? Okay, I wanna, I wanna do this stuff. And I actually wanna come back to motivation in in a second, and actually why I think we need to go a a step sideways on that. But, um, for me, sometimes when I'm comparing myself to others, because I do it, right? I'm gonna be honest, right? I compare myself to others all the time. Um, well, not all the time. I'm also very secure and happy in myself, which is, which is why I can cope that. But I also think when I compare myself too much, especially on social media, where it's an unfair comparison because it's like, you know, you're looking at their, their their tip of their iceberg and not not the, not what's beneath what's underneath
0: the water. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so it's very unrealistic, and but it can motivate, but it can also make you demotivate. I mean,
0: look, I, I would be lying if I said I never use comparison in anything that I do, because I mean, surely if, if we, you know in what I do in terms of business, if we what we about see your a downturn? As well, you I, know, I, you I want to know if my competitors are, are having a downturn as well. Is it just because we're doing something wrong, or is it a market? A market movements so of course also,
1: you're also comparing yourself to like in all your sports and all your runnings you're completely comparing other than that race that you we talked about in episode one where where you were running for yourself and you weren't thinking about the time but you're always comparing yourself to your other time or to other people or whatever it might be
0: i've definitely compared to my own my own times and my own performance like yeah. get frustrated but ultimately i've got a there's an honesty there i has got to look at myself and go have i put the same amount of work in do i deserve that result have i been as committed um i think yeah, of course. Like well, I'm, I'm human, but ultimately, the, the usually that if there's a problem there, I'm not performing. It's down to me, and I can try and seek solace elsewhere. But I would, it's usually down to the fact that I haven't worked as hard, haven't been as motivated, I haven't got my nutrition right, or you know, if we're talking about exercise-related things. Yeah. Um, and it's if we can bring it back to the genuine reasons why we're not performing, so easy to blame elsewhere, to be envious, to look and go, well, you know. And socially is a great point. We look at Instagram and we see these. Our friends sometimes have moved abroad, living the best life. But you only ever you only ever show the best version of yourself Absolutely. online.
1: And it's a real big problem. I mean, I, I, I work a lot with teenagers. Your your eldest is, I guess, a thirteen. Yeah, she's a teenager now, right? And uh, I remember she was like, oh, I guess she would have been just literally one or less than one. one
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And um, but I, I deal with fourteen and fifteen-year-olds a lot. Sometimes twelve, thirteen, fourteen-year-olds as well. Uh, twelve and thirteen-year-olds, but the whole social media stuff, the whole comparison thing, and they know the problem and they know that the, going back to that lack of connection and, and put the phone down and call someone like you mentioned before for the listeners to do, they want to do that as well. And, and they just, they, they write speeches about it all the time. Um And they, they just, they're stuck in this, this way at the moment a lot of the time and they want to get out of it. And I think we all do. And it's a real problem. Um, I do want to come back to motivation though, because you did, I, I said I was going to sidestep and, and go for where, it. Where we were talking Take us about, back. Where we were talking about me doing all the vegetables and all this sort of stuff. A lot of this is, is not necessarily motivation. And I would say whether it's discipline or not, I don't know if it's discipline as well. A lot of people say I'm quite disciplined. I would, I would argue that discipline and motivation are great. Okay. They're great they just don't last and so like eating food doesn't last you have to constantly be like up in there and what does last is the habits and routines usually and so the discipline and the motivation is there for my view to get you to those habits and routines so that it becomes automated so a lot of the things that I do that people say I'm disciplined by I feel as though they're just habitual now a lot of the time um but I do think discipline is important. I was talking to my nine-year-old niece about it yesterday because um, she was doing all the spelling with the SC words, like scent and dissent, and discipline was one of those words. And I was asking her, what, what does discipline mean? Um, and I can't remember if she knew or not exactly. And it came up today in one of my speeches, and he was talking about disciples and followers and stuff like that. I think discipline, for me, is doing the things you need to do at the time you need to do it, whether you want to do it or not. That, that, that for me is what discipline is. And a lot of the time I don't often want to do the things I've got to do, but I do them anyway, at least in the beginning to feel, to build that habit. And now that I've built that habit of say, you know, chopping my veg the night before, because it's actually easier for me to do than, because in the morning, I know what will happen in the morning. In the morning, I want to sleep in until as late as possible and I'll try <laughs> and cut in different areas, what I can do. Then I'll be in a rush. Then I'll be stressed. And tomorrow I have to get to the school really early because if I get there after eight, I, you get fine because of the traffics and stuff. So I'm like, I don't have any time. So tomorrow I need, I need to be on it. And so everything needs to be ready. You need to put as little barrier as possible. Right now, and it's taken me about 11, uh, 11 or 10 years of, of smoothie making to figure this out. But usually what I used to do with my smoothies, I've got all my containers, I have about 30 different powders and potions and things that go into it. So I put it all in each day. Only about six months ago, and it was only through necessity because I was getting up so early all the time, and I was thinking, I need to have a better strategy because it's not going to work to do this. Um, and I just bought like eight tiny little Tupperware containers, and every eight days or so, I all, the, all the nuts, I just yeah. yeah, back it all up, it's in the fridge, all I have to do in the morning now is I drain the veg, I tip that in, tip that in, I can pretty much do it with my eyes closed. And what I, what I actually do is try and stack things. So... I won't have time to meditate in front of my infrared light. So what I do now is I just put my infrared light stacked where I'm doing the juicing so that I get that light on my face in the morning. Um, And
0: you also bring it back full circle. Very kindly and caringly, you're creating those juices for your dad as well because hospital food is probably not the most nutritious in, in terms of what he's getting. You want to look after his health. You want to keep him positive, positive health, positive mind, positive nutrition, positive mind. So good it's, um, i've even exactly given him a
1: meditation tonight to uh to listen to i don't know if he will he he did when he was in hospital about four or five years ago for an operation and um he put this meditation on it's one uh one of my favorite go-tos at the moment It's uh jerry and esther hicks getting into the vortex meditation and it's 15 minutes long and it's got a nice four count beat so you breathe in for four and out for one she talks and it's all about how the body can heal itself from anything and blah 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 but anyway, so I put that on and I remember when he was listening to it a few years ago when he was at UCH hospital and he had his headphones on, he was listening to it. And, you know, one of the orderlies came around and was like, you know, what are you listening to? And he was listening to it a little bit as well or the nurse. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is good stuff, actually. You know, more people should be doing that because when you're ill, if you breathe well and if you relax and you kind of you've got to heal better as well. Right. You've got to hmm. aid recovery that you've got um so I'm, hopefully he's going to listen to it tomorrow i'm not sure if he's going to do that or not he's like oh, i wasn't really interested in it I
0: slightly talk. a slightly different situation for for my dad sadly because it's uh he's got a cancer that's not curable but hopefully he'll be with us for for many you know for a long time but we don't know and and the doctors yeah. don't really give you time frames you just know it's not curable but um i'm i'm the one in the family i'll always try and be put a positive spin on anything i believe there's positives in every negative situation right always always i'm trying to find them i sent my dad a parable which is one of my favorites which is about the, the you might know the farmer and the plow i quite like it. anyways i said it to him he said because he, he went he was having getting back pain so he's having his back pain he's had the cancer for, for a couple of years now psa's up and things like that but he had his back pain so he had the back pace back pain scan and when they scanned it of course they found that the cancer had gone into his his spine so obviously rushed into Stamson Ambulance and, and checking it. But the reality is, without the back pain, without that signal, he may mm-hmm. not have had that scan. He hadn't gone in, he wouldn't discover discovered the cancer spread. So obviously, you've got to look at this with a... <laughs> Oh, it's a horrible situation to be in, but a positive mindset. So yeah. if you hadn't ha- complained, you wouldn't know it had spread. Now they can treat it. Now we can have you for a bit longer. If you'd left there and hadn't gone in, who knows? It may have spread. You no. may end up whatever. We just don't know the answers. What we do know is, is what you've done, the decisions you've taken. So I sit in the parable about the farmer. I love parables, and you'll probably get a few of these as we do more shows because there's various ones I call upon in different situations. But this is one about a, a Chinese farmer who uh, had a horse that pulls a plow. And uh, the horse pulls a plough through the field and the, the, the other farmers would come around and go, oh, Mr. Farmer, you're so lucky to have a horse that can pull your plough through the field. You're so lucky. And the farmer says, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Anyway, the following day, the uh, the horse breaks free of the field and runs away. And the farmers turn up and say, oh, you've lost your, your horse. You're so unlucky. And he says, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Um, and the following day, the horse returns with seven other wild horses. And he's got, now I've got seven horses for his farm, pulling the plows up and down. The farmers come back and go, oh, he came back with seven horses. You're so lucky. He says, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Anyway, his son starts to tame these wild horses. And he, he you know, a few months pass, and he's riding the horse. And one day the son falls off and breaks his leg. And he's in terrible pain. And the farmers come back and go, oh, if he only hadn't ridden those horses. He's so unlucky. He says, maybe he is, maybe he's not. And anyway, a week later, the Chinese army come around to conscript all the young adults into the army to fight a war and he doesn't get conscripted because he has a broken leg and he's unable to fight. And the farmers say, ah, you're so lucky. And he says, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. And I just said that to my dad to so say, look, I know this is incurable, right? We get that, but we've you've gone in, they found something we didn't know. We're not, you're not going to be, you know, they, they, hopefully they've zapped it with the radio uh, radiotherapy, which hopefully he's gone well over this week and he's going to, he's, he's, he's been released now. He's out of hospital. So, Um, You know, you can start looking forward to the things that we are celebrating. We can can keep defying the odds. We can keep pushing forward. We can stay positive because you said positive mindset when it comes to healing the body. Now, this may be incurable, but you can heal in different ways and you can stay healthy for as long as possible. Um, You can let the pain take you or you can try and fight it with goals and objectives. And he's got so many goals that he's still aiming for. Focus on those. Focus on the positives. Be, Be thankful that we found this early. Be thankful the radiotherapy hopefully has done its job. And you're back home now with 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 mum, and um, let's you know let's keep looking forward, which is crazy with the amount of because there's a lot of mental energy that goes into worrying about my dad well, or other things. Course, I, positive, yeah. I want to be positive, wanting to think positive, and um,
1: absolutely. Yeah. it's tough. I mean, I absolutely love that parable. By the way, I'm I familiar with it, and um, I, I use it sometimes as well. And and ultimately, what what that really like means to me, and and I, I say this um, to a lot of the students that I, I work with. Um, is nothing means anything in life except for the meaning you choose to give it. Nothing means anything except for the meaning you choose to give it. And this is unfortunately, or fortunately the reality. And I, I say to them, like one of my pedantic examples is like, if I'm driving a car at 30 miles an hour, does that mean I'm going fast or slow? And some people will say fast. Some people say slow. And I say, well, the reality is the answer to every question in the universe in reality is it depends right so if i'm doing 30 miles an hour in the school playground at break time it's probably quite fast if i'm doing 30 miles an hour on the fast lane of the motorway it's probably quite slow the car is just saying you're traveling at 30 miles an hour i've given it meaning based on well variety of circumstances. so like you know when my best mate who um he had a heart attack um when he was 33 years old and you know we can kind of argue and say well what does it all mean right you know um, does it mean he was he, he was a doctor, actually, by the way, he worked hard, played hard, never never quit, all right? What does it mean, right? Well, does it mean, you know, you should change your ways and wake up or, or does it mean, um, you know, you work harder because you haven't got much time left or whatever? He took the second meaning. I, I would have taken the first meaning. It was like, oh, yeah, maybe change career, do what you really wanted to do and this that, and the other. And he's like, no, I just thought, well, I haven't got much time now. I'm going to do everything. I'm like, okay. So, but the reality is, you know, it doesn't really mean anything except for what you choose to to mean it, right? Why did he have that heart attack? Well, it could be because he didn't really ever cook food. It could be because of this, but it doesn't really matter in the end because you can choose. Okay, what it meant was that I need to wake up. I need to change my life. But you choose. So, like, like with your dad, it's like, okay, we found we found this, and like you had this pain. Now we know this thing, and actually, we would never have known that had you not had this pain, right? Oh, like same, same, same situation happened with my dad, actually. The paramedics came yesterday and they came on Saturday, actually. Um, and then we didn't put him in because his oxygen was low, but I was like, I think it's been low for a while, actually. So I think that's his natural way. So they were like, okay, fine. But then it was still low the next day and it was getting a bit lower. And then the paramedics came again, different paramedics and they, they kind of felt like a lump underneath his thing or something, which may have progressed from before. Maybe the paramedics before didn't spot or he was awkwardly uh in bed and and then they're like no no we're gonna we, we should take him in and stuff and and you know he has been quite tired for months right falling asleep a lot more and i just thought it was a bit of old age and he's not moving his body enough and all this but actually it might be that he's had this virus for like weeks now or or longer yeah. and plan through and had we not done this thing they wouldn't have done this now You know, he's a bit more alert and everything. And so you could say, Oh, yeah, it means I should have acted quicker or whatever. Or it means, well, at least we acted right and we did something, you know, and it's everything in life. I mean, it sounds really simple to say nothing has any meaning except for the meaning you give it. And you could be quite pedantic with it and say, Uh, is that really true? But I really believe that to be true. Like if I like when I bust my knee, um, I bust it a day before I was due to go to India for a month to go and do like yoga for a month all right and I bust it the day before and I thought uh, does this mean that my trip is ruined and I can't do what I wanted to do and all that or does it mean that actually my body's now forced me to kind of slow down and work on my book and rather than travel from place to place to place for the next month I'm going to, to just stay in one or two places uh, and also it gave me uh, the opportunity to try different sorts of activities so I did like like weird shaking exercises. I did Kundalini yoga because I didn't have to it's, do so.
0: It's a good example of a creative mindset, though. Like, yeah. um, I'm conscious of time. I want to uh, yeah. take the listeners on too much yeah, of no, a journey. Yeah, I've been
1: talking too long. Yeah.
0: There's something called Actually, a supported mind- mindset and a creative yeah. mindset. Um, and there's ai I'll, I'll, maybe we'll, we'll i'll give you a little quick story to finish and you can comment on it at the end if you've got time i think maybe just to give the listeners a bit of a rest from all the things we've gone through there's been a lot of content and we've gone through emotional things and 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 various elements but um your example then for me is a great example of a creative mindset so you didn't let the, the the problem cause you to take a reported route which is i have a bad leg i cannot do x Instead is, I'm now going to use a creative mindset to do something and find opportunity where others may not see one. There's a, another story where um a dad, a shoemaker, says to his two sons, go away to to the same country. And when they both land, they leave their their wives and their children at home. The first son lands and he says, uh, he looks around and he realizes he's a shoemaker and no one around him wears shoes. No one. They're all in bare feet. And he calls back to his wife, and he says, "It's been a total waste of time. I've flown all this way, but he said I'm going to be back in the next couple of days." He said, "Everyone here is in 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 bare feet." He said, um, "You know, I'm a shoemaker. It's a waste of my time. I'm on the next flight home." and flies home. The second brother, arrives in the country, looks around, sees everyone in bare feet, calls a wife, his wife, and says, "No one here wears shoes. Pack your bags. Come over. We're going to make our fortunes." Mm-hmm. It's Exactly the same circumstance, how we look at it. We can, we well, can. Yeah. One has a reported mindset, but like podcasts, right? People don't do podcasts. They go, oh, well, because there's so many out there. It's already been done. I've missed the boat. If you've got something to say, say it.
1: the market, right? If people are, are listening to podcasts, right? You know, that's the thing. And I, I did want to, I think I mentioned it as a topic to talk about in the future, but it, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's not a huge topic in itself, but it's, it's all about what I call the power of how right and so we can talk about that another time uh, in more detail but that's what it's really reflecting but what i will also maybe suggest is because we're going to do some book reviews as well at some point
0: yeah um, yeah
1: so i think one of the ones on the list for me that i suggested is mind over medicine so we'll um we'll have to do that at some point because that'll be an interesting one that i uh with uh, Lisa rankin uh dr Lisa rankin who but really, really, really interesting book. I think uh, if you if you read it, you'll find it fascinating. Um, so we'll, we'll do. Stay that
0: tuned before. to to these episodes. Well, I've got some to say. We've got book reviews coming. We've got some gadget reviews. You've probably heard yeah. that uh, Ga- um, Harry in particular here has got red light therapy going on. Yeah, different gadgets. Well, the other day. So got, yeah, got got my back rocker, which is next to me. here. We've got loads got of little that. things we're going to be featuring. Good, you know, we're trialing these things. We're testing these things. So we'll bring those to the show as well in due course. But yeah, look, really, really good to meet you, Harry. Thank you for waiting on for me
1: yeah it's been been good worth it
0: the thing is we could literally chat for hours uh, but i think we need to give our listeners a little break for today we'll bring up the next episode real soon and uh yeah really good to catch up with i do hope your dad is yeah, likewise likewise that brings us to the end of today's episode of mindful Paths. we hope you enjoyed our conversation and found some valuable insights to help you on your journey whatever that may be
1: remember your thoughts don't mean anything until you give them meaning
0: and as we've said before mastering your mindset is a continuous journey not a destination
1: if you found this episode helpful please consider leaving us a review
0: and remember to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform so you never miss a future episode thank you
1: for listening I'm Harry Kalimnios
0: and I'm Nick Day and we hope you will join us again in our next episode of Mindful Paths